0: Tom's Australia tour runs from June 6th to the 30th, and you can find out more at tomnowles.com/slash Australia. Sahana Vavatu, Sahana Brunaktu, Sahavir Yankarava, Tejas <laughs> Vina Mastu, Mavit Jai Gurudev. welcome to my podcast, The Vedic Worldview, I'm Tom Knowles. From time to time, I like to tell stories which we've put under the heading of my Maharishi. Maharishi means Maha, great, Rishi, a seer, someone who can see the reality, see the reality of their own status as the knower, capital K, that is to say, one is not deluded by identity being offered up by the relative world, the ever-changing relative world. Someone who is steadfast and in their inner sense of what I am, who I am, that my identity is the one indivisible whole consciousness field, the absolute. Knower and then knowing, the knowing, the means of gaining knowledge. The processes through which observation occurs. Then, this being refined and refined to the point that sensory experience is at its most acute hearing and taste and touch and smell and sight and sound. One's ability to actually have an accurate experience of one's surroundings. And then, being able to use the intellect, that capital K knower intellect, to know that all reports being made by others are reports on the state of consciousness of those reporters, so that people can only ever speak their own state of consciousness. Having that within the realm of the knowing, we have knower, we have knowing, and then the known, that which is the object of all of this can be known in its totality. Once the knower is known, once the process of gaining knowledge and processes of gaining knowledge are all streamlined and made frictionless and unsullied, then we have the known which can be experienced in its totality as to what it actually is. This is the status of a maharishi. rishi In the West, we say Maharishi, and that will do. That's quite all right to say it that way. Great seer, Maharishi. In India, it's pronounced a little differently Maharishi, Maharishi, Maharishi. When they put it all together with a bit of speed, Maharishi turns into Maharishi. So let me tell you a story of being with Maharishi once. In Great Britain and some of you who are somewhere near my age up in the eighth decade kind of arena might remember the name David Frost. David Frost was a celebrated interviewer who had a variety of shows from radio on the BBC the British Broadcasting System to the BBC television and other commercial stations, which gave him a very respected name in broadcasting, both in interviewing and also presentation of current events to the world, and was really quite a skilled interviewer, a very intelligent man with a laser-sharp focus and who was really rather fearless about asking almost any kind of question even if it appeared to be unfriendly to his interviewee to do so. David was, as an individual, quite an imposing character, relatively tall and very self-assured, had a lot of competence. He had requested to interview Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, my teacher, for a second time, having once before interviewed him in the late 1960s during a period of time when the Liverpool singing group, The Beatles, had gained some world fame and also had been proclaiming their own practice of Maharishi's meditation technique. That had brought a lot of attention onto Maharishi and in the 1960s, David had interviewed Maharishi once before and I think had actually met him on two or three other occasions incidentally Not necessarily part of an interview, but the story I'm going to recount was in the BBC studios in London on the second television interview that David was going to present to his audience. In many broadcasting situations today, as in those days of decades and decades ago, this is going back into the 1970s now. There was a room that was referred to as, quote, the green room, where people who were about to go on the air or about to come out were able to be made comfortable where the last touches of television makeup went on because your face tends to glisten a little bit with its own natural oils and things under the lights. And so very often people's faces are given a little bit of a brushing to make them not quite so shiny under the TV lights, the bright television lights, and their beverages and comfortable chairs and all that, just to make the guests who are about to go in front of, potentially, and as in the case of Frost's show, millions of viewers, to make the guests a little bit more at ease and comfortable perhaps at Maharishi, a number of people who looked after him, who could have sat in the green room with him. And I can't remember exactly how it happened or why. I was relatively a newcomer to Maharishi's entourage, but I ended up being the person who was to mind Maharishi in those last minutes before his going on air. And as I was sitting there with him and i was feeling a little nervous because frankly it was maharishi and there'd been so many people who had said to me people who were close to maharishi who had said oh you know it's terrible the way the media treat him the way interviewers treat him but they don't show him respect they ask him all of these irrelevant questions about trivial matters and petty things and they need to give him an opportunity to say what it is he's in the world teaching i on the other hand had witnessed a number of interviews just videotapes of previous interviews and heard some recordings of these and from my level of experience i thought maharishi was always at his best when confronted with the ignorance of that was being represented through the interviewer not that the interviewer was always ignorant but that the interviewer had to represent the lack of informantness, the lack of knowledge or education of his audience, his or her. And that I thought Maharishi always performed at his best when confronted with the darkness of lack of knowledge. But it was exciting because millions would be viewing this. And as we were sitting there in the green room, Suddenly there was a noise at the other end. It was a rather long rectangular room. And it was a door opening. And in came Mr. Frost, David Frost, who was smoking a big Cuban cigar. And he had on, as I remember it, a double-breasted green suit. He was always a very natty dresser. And he came walking across the room with his cigar in one hand and his right hand extended and walked up smiling to where Maharishi was seated on his deerskin. Maharishi always, when he went somewhere, it didn't matter where he went, wherever he was, he always sat on a traditional deerskin, which was the traditional thing for yogis to do from the Himalayas, so that you always had your own seat with its own vibrations, and you weren't sitting just anywhere that everybody else had sat, it isolated you from the vibrations of the seat that had been sat on by many prior to you. So I had placed his deerskin out on the chair, and he sat down on that. And Frost came walking up to him, and Maharishi was seated in with legs in lotus position, which was his wont. With all, he always carried flowers with him, with a big bunch of flowers in his lap. And as Frost approached, extending his right hand, kind of marching toward Maharishi with a big, genuine smile on his face, and followed, scurrying behind him, followed by a group of sub producers and so on, Maharishi, he said, Maharishi, with a great cloud of Cuban cigar smoke all round him, swirling about him. Maharishi stood and generally. The Maharaji wouldn't stand when somebody came up to him. The kind of expected people to just come up to him. But he stood on this occasion. And then he pressed his palms together in the classic pranam that Indians do. And he smiled at David Frost and said, We shake hands like this? Meaning, press your palms together, which David promptly did, stopped, put his two feet together, and like he was going to click his heel, though he didn't click his heels, but pressed his palms together with a cigar sticking out between two of the fingers, and said, and I believe the words are Jaya Guru Deva." He was trying to say Guru Dev, And Maharishi said, yes, yes, very good, very good, ha, 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 laughing and all of that. And David gestured back to Maharishi's seat and said, Please, please sit. A little chair was brought up for David, and he sat near Maharishi. Took a great big long drag on his cigar and squinted his eyes in a classic David Frost fashion. Blew the smoke out into the air and then said, Now, Maharishi, we've met before. Such a great delight to have you back on my show. Thank you, thank you for coming. Thank you, that beautiful British accent of his. Tonight, I'm sad to tell you, I'm going to have to ask you some questions that are not from me. They're not from me, Matarishi. But they're questions of the type that my viewers are going to want to have answered by you. And I hope you'll forgive me in advance for asking you such acerbic questions. And I would appreciate very much if you would do your best to answer them as if the questions that you're being asked are not from me, but from people who don't know as much as I know about you. I consider you to be a good man. I'm on your side, he says to Maharishi, taking another big puff on his cigar. And then he says, well, in a few moments, and to all this Maharishi was just smiling and saying, yes, 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 of course. Of course. No, it's not a problem, no. We're not bringing knowledge to those who already have knowledge. That's why we're here. We're bringing knowledge to those who don't yet have knowledge. Very good, very good, very good. He says, <laughs> and Frost says, "Well, Maharishi, I'll go and do what I have to do, and in a few moments, my sub-producers here will come and bring you on stage." And so then everybody scurried away. We had silence for a few moments. The air was filled with the greyish blue smoke of the Cuban cigar. And I looked up at Maharishi, and I said, Maharishi, I'm really sorry. And Maharishi came out of his little reverie, and he looked at me, and he said, what? What is it? I said, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. And he said, what, what is it? I said, well, someone coming in here and smoking a cigar in your presence and all of that. I was still becoming familiar with my teacher at that point. Smoking a cigar in your presence and it's the smell of that and everything. Maharishi said to me, Are you feeling a little weak? <laughs> and I said, Oh no, I just, you know, felt as though uh, I I should somehow have protected you from that. Maharishi said, No, no, what is it? He said, If you're feeling a little weak, you could meditate for a few minutes. <laughs> They'll come in a few moments and I'll be on the air. He said, let's close our eyes. You can meditate and come out of this weakness. (laughs) And I was sitting there realizing who, who am I trying to protect? This is somebody whose consciousness is established in unified field. Who am I trying to protect here? In fact, he was absolutely right. It wasn't him that I was worried about. I hadn't smelled cigar smoke up close like that for years, and living in ashram life, living in the life of the communes where you're learning to meditate and being trained as a teacher by Maharishi, it's extremely rare for you ever to smell any kind of cigarette smoke or cigar smoke, indeed. So probably it was more me than him. Anyway, it certainly didn't seem to bother him in the least. During that show, one particularly pivotal event occurred. I was over in the wings and Maharishi was sitting in the chair being interviewed. And the interviewer says to him, Maharishi, you have your organization here in United Kingdom registered as a charity. The Spiritual Regeneration Movement, SRM Foundation charity. Is that right? Maharishi said, yes, yes, that's right. Yes, it's a charity. It's registered as a charity. Very good. And he said, well, I have here a letter from the exchequer, the exchequer is the name given in Britain to the treasurer, like the taxation department, saying that your organization has in the last year turned over one million pounds sterling. Maharishi looked at him and he said, what is it, what's the number? And he said, one million pounds sterling. Maharishi looked at him, and he said, it can't be. And the interviewer said, Maharishi, I have it here officially on the letterhead. Would you like to see it? He goes, no, no, you hold the paper, one million. And he says, yes, it's right here. And Maharishi looks at him, and he says, it's not enough. Only a million? <laughs> he said, <laughs> I'm expected to bring peace to the whole world with only a million pounds sterling? How can it be done? And then he cast a look in the direction of the wings of the studio where I was standing. And he said out loud, we have to do better than this. (laughs) Only a million? (laughs) I think the interviewer had been hoping that people would think a million was a lot and that Maharishi would be embarrassed by the fact that his organization had raised as much as a million. From his perspective, thinking on a world scale, there's no way that you could get around the world and bring this level of knowledge to the whole world with merely a million pounds sterling. So he rather turned that surprise back onto the interviewer very, very well. And then he would just laugh and laugh. His ability to laugh his way through interviewers trying to create uncomfortable moments was absolutely genius and amazing. It was a very natural laugh. It came from down deep in the heart, and Maharishi came across as being one of those people who absolutely, as he was indeed, unoffendable, impossible to offend him, a man of knowledge who knew what he was about, someone who couldn't be offended. And who was just there innocently, to bring knowledge to the world to whomever it was, that wished to learn it. This was a beautiful day. Jagerday.